Welcome to Day Beautiful. I'm Adam Vitkavage, and this is a podcast where you can discover debut authors. If you like what you hear here, check us out on the web at daybeautiful.net and on all social media at Day Beautiful. Today's guest holds an MFA in fiction writing from Columbia University. Born in the greater Boston area, she now lives in Brooklyn. Her debut novel, Mother in the Dark, is out now. I'm, of course, talking about Kayla Maiori. Hey, Kayla. How are you doing today? I'm surviving. Yes. That's kind of the answer. (laughs) Yeah. It's hard a week out from pub day, but I'm good for the most part. For sure. Yeah. And, um... I, I think I followed like I followed you on Twitter like well before or Instagram both probably well before your book is obviously out and and it's pretty rare for me to catch an author like way before their book's even out um, so I'm it's been a, cool to see like your pre-pub career just like everything kind of unfolding like unboxing things and all that stuff. Thank you. Yeah, I actually sold my book back in 2018. So it's been a long time. Wild. We'll get into that. Um, first, I want to I want to hear from your perspective, what your debut novel is about Mother in the Dark. Could you tell readers kind of what it is from your perspective? Yeah, yeah. So Mother in the Dark is about a young woman living in New York. Um, she's going through a very difficult time. She's estranged from her family. And at the start of the book, she gets a phone call from her sister and she sort of just instinctually knows that this phone call is about her mother and she doesn't answer or return the call for many reasons. Um, uh, she's, she's fearful, but also she's feeling guilty for the way that she left her family. Um, and also just uh, she's feeling unable to confront her past. So. After that, we're, we're sort of transported into her childhood in Boston and the novel moves between um, past and present and you sort of see what went wrong in her childhood to cause this fraught relationship with her mother and um, then the past and the present converge. For yeah. sure. And, and you mentioned, so you sold it in 2018, it's now 2022, which, mm-hmm. you know, isn't a long time, but isn't a short time, um, I guess, before we even get to selling it, take me back to like the genesis. When did you start writing Mother in the Dark? I began my second semester in graduate school at Columbia. Um, so this novel is like eight years old, yeah. which I'm for. I've had a long time to revise, even though I could still revise. I could revise forever, but um, it's pretty much where I want it to be at. Yeah. <laughs> um, I yeah and then straight after grad school it was my thesis it began as a novel and stories I didn't believe I could write a novel which I feel is a lot of novelists say in the beginning um and then maybe like four years after that I did the cold email to all of the agents and I found my agent Alice Whitwam who I just this before I walked out the door I knew I was signing with her I just she was so passionate and excited it was a really like probably the height of the whole experience. Um, And then we sold to Riverhead a year later, which is another dream come true. I also like my, I I love everything they put out, but my editor, um, Laura Petiafepi, I was especially in love with Samantha Schweblin's um, Fever Dream Mm -hmm. and um, Katie Gutamara's A Separation. So that was a dream through and then yeah it took us a while to edit and COVID happened and that put us back a little bit but 
you know, I'm, I'm a little bit thankful that it's come out after that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you mentioned there's just been a lot of, there's been a lot of like revision and even before you sold it. So eight years, like, um, what were you looking for in each revision? Do you kind of remember like early revising? You mentioned novel and stories. Was it just figuring out structure early on? It was plot. I'm so bad at plot. <laughs> this, I mean, really, this novel began as a series of images of this mother in her mm -hmm. nightgown and her uh, uh, on the couch or at the kitchen table with the girls or in the backyard with the girls and they're all they're talking and they're eating and just these really inconsequential moments but I'm just observing them and I'm building character which is what I love to do but my agent kept saying you have to delve deeper here you have to you know create some propulsion which I think I managed to do in the end um you know it's definitely a slow burn but that's what I like to read so mm -hmm. it makes sense what I wrote um yeah I oh sorry go ahead um, there were some bigger edits, like um, Vera, the, the friend living with Anna in New York City. She began as a boyfriend, um, but again, I was, you know, eight years ago. I was 22 when I began this, and I had never had a serious boyfriend, so I really didn't. Nothing felt authentic about that. Um, and also, I thought it would be nice to replace him with a female because. Um, she could, she sort of acts as a foil to Anna and also she becomes a sort of surrogate mother figure to her mm. while strange from her mother. So I thought that just made more sense and felt more natural. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I'm with you. I, people ask me about like, like what's a book about? I'm like, I don't, I mean, there's plot. I mean, not this book, just books in general. And I'm like, there's plot, but it's really about like, I care more about character and tone and, and how I feel while reading. I, I could, I don't care about plot in books. And like, I know like, maybe that doesn't sell and you need a plot, but Hey, I, that's why I think I really connected with this. I mean, I, the characters just felt so realized. Um, and yeah. yeah, that makes sense with Vera. That's interesting. Like that you changed gender and, and all these new things came about for how she interacts with the, the plot and the characters themselves. Um, yeah. So like your agent, did, does she have a big role in like kind of shaping, like helping you shape the novel then it sounds like. Oh, I always tell her, Alice, you taught me how to be a writer. You taught mm -hmm. me how to write a novel. Even though I went to grad school, um, it was the most amazing experience. Um, and I cannot wait to start revising a second book with her just because, you know, I, I trust her. Mm -hmm. um, and same for my editor as well. Uh, it's just that Alice read a really, really messy, bad draft. <laughs> well, in my eyes, and she still wanted it. So, you know, she saw it from the beginning. Yeah. Do you remember what like Alice, what your agent like said when she was like, yes, I would love to work with you. Like, because you, like you said, you think it was messy, but she clearly saw something in it. I do remember one thing. So she's British and, and she did say that um, American writers tend to want to tie everything neatly with a little bow. Mm -hmm. And my book is bleak and a little bit untethered. Um, and so I think she appreciated, I think we have similar sensibilities that way and similar tastes. I remember we were um, connecting over the fact that we both loved Elena Ferrante's The Days of Abandonment uh, and Housekeeping, Marilyn Robinson. So um, I, 
yeah, I'm, I'm trying to remember. I don't remember exactly what it was that she loved about the novel, but except for just having an obsession with mothers and daughters, which I think mm-hmm. a lot of young women. Yeah, and I I'm very into like family. When I read, I love I I like I lived with my sister for a long time as adults. We were roommates or flatmates, housemates, whatever. And like I always am interested in like mother daughter, brother sister, father daughter, whatever. Um, when, before Mother in the Dark, before you were writing this, and it became your thesis and now debut novel. Um, did you write a lot about family, or what were your, what was your early writing like? No. I went into the program at Columbia with this awful manuscript written from a male perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, weird American novel about a man whose wife left him. And thankfully, Benny Kirschenbaum told me first semester, this is not your novel. Stop writing it. Um, and then... Um, and then second... I mean, I've always loved family dramas, yeah. um, both in film and in literature. But I wasn't writing about it. And then in Elisa Chappelle's workshop the following semester, um, she just said so many inspiring things. She had a lot of exercises in her class. And, and one of the things she said was that she's only interested in writers who leave their bloody fingerprints on the page, writers who um, have given something, have given a part of themselves up to the reader. And she told us to write about the thing that scared us the most. Um, and so, so I, I mentioned earlier the image of, of the mother in the nightgown, and mm-hmm. that was a memory of mine from my childhood when my mother, um, shortly after my grandmother had passed away, and I, I was just, I think maybe because I was living in New York and away from home for the first time, I was just reflecting for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it was an obsession. I just kept writing this woman in, in different parts of the house. And so it, it began as a memory, but certainly to call the, the book nonfiction would be <laughs> a joke, really fictionalized. Um, and it just took off from there. And I just, I, I really, I always tell Elisa Chappelle that I couldn't have written the novel without her either, because she just kept pushing me and um, just giving me the courage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like with a lot of debut authors, um, the question from readers comes up, you know, how much of this is based on your experience? And so you mentioned like memories. Um, did, was it a lot of pulling from memories or or how did, you know, this relationship and the dynamic kind of become what it is? It's a lot of pulling from memories, but also just, um, I think, I think the beauty of fiction and, and fiction that's, slightly drawn from life is that you can look at the people in your life and sort of turn them over and see, you know, what if they had taken this action or said this thing or done this instead? So it's a lot of taking real life events, but turning them on their head. And and in that way, you're also kind of learning about life and, and having a greater perspective. Um, I don't know if that makes any sense, but that's really what I was trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and as the years go by and you have more distance and time, um, it just really takes on a life of its own. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point, I do believe that Anna was very close to me. Uh, and now I really, I think she, you know, she's precious. I love her, but she's made some bad decisions that I can't quite <laughs> imagine. 
Definitely. And, and, and you mentioned, so it was an eight year process, but the book was sold four years ago. Um, and then COVID happened. What was that time like since selling it, COVID happening? And now was that all revision or was it more just like, you know, the publishing side of things saying, hey, we're going to put this on the back burner for now, you know? It was, um, it was all revision actually. Mm. There were, well, my, my editor um, was on maternity leave twice during mm. that time. So that also added some, you know, quiet time. But I also was I'm really grateful I wrote another novel, which I feel <laughs> doesn't go quickly. But because yeah. I didn't have going on, I, um, you know, it's not sold and who knows sure, if it's yeah. sold. But, um, and yeah, I mean, I've not written in a long time since then, probably since the world opened back up, but hopefully soon. Yeah. And, and with that time with your editor on maternity leave, COVID happening, in between revisions and edits, like, did that help you, do you think, with like so much time in between to like really think and sit with Mother in the Dark? Yeah, because it's so important to put the project down for a little while, which when that was sort of, I mean, I hate to say this, it sounds so awful, but the silver lining of, mm -hmm. of the world down is that life slowed down and it was okay to not be working on things so ferociously. And so I would, I put it down for like a good six months, which I had never done before. Mm -hmm. I, would, I had touched the script every single day for, you know, X amount of years. So yeah, I, so the, the one um, downfall for downside um, to taking so long to write a novel is that I, I was 22 when I began it and Anna is 22 in the present mm -hmm. day. And um, so I've evolved past her and I've grown and I've changed my perception of the world. And I really had to, it was, it was difficult to resist retroactively going in and making her wiser and mm -hmm not make these mistakes so i and i really wanted to preserve that time in my life because i wrote it for a reason um but i think that's probably what was the biggest challenge during that time yeah yeah i can imagine like you know that's the problem with writing a novel it's you started at a certain point in your life and then i mean from 22 to you said eight years so 30-ish right I'm a yes. completely different person than what I was when I graduated college. I cannot imagine me meeting 22-year-old Adam. I'd hate 22-year-old Adam. <laughs> I know, I know. But, you know, most people say it's that first novel that takes that long. It's, mm -hmm. it's not uncommon for Dave Yeah, Joffrey's exactly, case. yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm just thinking of, like, what, what I was doing at 22. Oh, man. Um, so Mother oh. in the Dark, like you said, it's about mothers, it's about daughters, it's about, you know, like a lot of things. Um, do you feel, like, without talking about the novel you wrote necessarily and during all this, but do you feel you'll always write about families in some way? Or, or do you think, like, wh where do you see yourself writing in the future? Yeah, I don't, um, even the second novel is, about a relationship and already Diana is creeping in at the mother <laughs> character. <laughs> I'm like, I can't write about her again, but I'm just so addicted to it. Um, you know, I won't, it won't be a sequel. I'll change the names, but sure. I, I feel like 
reappearing forever and ever and same you know i'm the eldest of three sisters and i'm just so fascinated by um by siblings and just the ideas that um you can grow up in the same house um eating the same food wearing the same clothes having the same ideologies and then you 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 leave the house and you're all completely different people and i feel like i'll be writing about that <laughs> for mm -hmm. years uh, it just seems like it, there's so much there um i'm not super imaginative <laughs> i can't imagine <laughs> writing you know anything that, that requires a lot of research or um I mean, this required a tiny bit of research but um yeah i think i'll be writing about families <laughs> yeah forever yeah, and then earlier you mentioned how you do like family dramas both on the page or on the screen what are some not works that inspired this, but just works that like you grew up with that like have stuck with you through time. Mm. That I grew up with. Or whatever. Or <laughs> just, yeah. Um, so I, I think um, uh, housekeeping is one that really stuck with me, even though there really is no mother. It's about the absence of a mother mm -hmm. um, and also about a fraught sibling relationship um Justin Torres as we the animals mm -hmm. um which is gorgeous poetic prose um and about you know children fending for themselves um also lesser known but one of my favorites is E McEwen's The Cement Garden it's the mm -hmm. darkest disturbing book in the world um this is a little newer but it's based on Tracy Letts's play August Osage County and I mm -hmm. think that's yeah really family drama <laughs> yeah oh i mean the play and like i mean meryl streep in that the movie is just like crazy good for sure <laughs> yeah it's uh yeah i i like i i love that i think for me and i know like this if you look at me and know who i am as a person it's like of course but like royal tenenbaums really stuck with me it came out when i was like in eighth grade and i saw it in the theater and thinking it was like a different movie completely and I think like that has really like shaped who I am, like just a weird messed up child who likes weird messed up families. <laughs> oh, the squid and the whale, that's another yes. one. Yes, squid love. and the whale. Yeah, like, ugh. yeah, I just love messed up families. I think like my family was pretty normal, I would say. Um, divorced parents, whatever. Older sister who was like way cooler and like a partier and I was like a quiet nerd. But uh, yeah, I just love seeing like families and like drama, like cousin stuff is interesting to me too, because like I've, my mom's the baby of 13. So I have like a lot of cousins and uh, yeah, poor Polish family in the Northeast, it happens. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway, so I just love family. And that, that's why I think I connected with yours. I mean, you know, whenever mother's in the title, it's like, okay, there's probably a mother in the book. So I I'm definitely can read this and, get, and jam on it. Um, Oh, I love that you books about mothers. That's nice. Oh, I, it is so weird. So, I mean, like, um, just now I'm just going to talk about books about mothers. I like, like Lydia Kiesling's book, uh, Golden Golden State, about a mother. Uh, Chelsea Beaker's work, um, like her Godshot mother-daughter relationship, uh, School for Good Mothers by Jasmine Chan this year. Like, mothers are it for me. I have to, <laughs> maybe I should talk to my therapist about this. But... Uh, yeah, mothers for sure. In any novel, I will read it for sure. Um, uh, See, so you, you talked about just not to talk about me and my mother. Now let's pass that. Um, you, you talked about how time helped 
this novel and how you haven't written in a while, what is your writing process like? Are you able to write daily? Do you not care about that? How how does Kayla get going? Kayla get going. Um, when I'm in the middle of a project, I have one rule, which is that I have to open the document every single day and look at it. And maybe I don't. Definitely, a professor had had recommended this. I could not tell you who it was, but um. <laughs> And maybe I'm just adding a comma or I'm shifting a paragraph. I don't have to do anything big, but I'm looking at it and thinking about it. And because thinking and, and reading is half of the process. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm giving myself a break. I ordinarily, I would be really hard on myself right now for not working on something, but I think I have to live a little bit, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I've, I've never gotten the short story down, not into poetry. So I just have to wait for the, the next novel to um, spark. Yeah. Yeah. I, it is interesting hearing people who, you know, they're going to write a thousand words every day, regardless if it's trash or it's so interesting to me how like different people write. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you mentioned, we talked about like, family dramas that have interested you and piqued your interest are you reading anything now that is or is not related to families like what are you what what is what are you reading now yeah so I got this very moment I'm having a really difficult time reading because mm-hmm. it's reading with anxiety but um I just finished Anna Hoagland's The Long Answer mm-hmm. it's um a really beautiful novel about female friendship and sisterhood and um really about um, the beauty of storytelling. And um, it's just, you know, much of the novel um, is just two women sitting at a bar or going for a long walk or on the phone telling each other the story of their lives. Um, and it's it's told in a very unconventional way um, in terms of structure. Um, and I'm also reading, I am reading this book, although I've not picked it up in a couple of days. Um, our Wives Under the Sea mm. is by Julia Armfield. So magical and otherworldly and kind of terrifying. Um, it's about a woman whose wife was uh, on a submarine expedition and, and got trapped there with her crew. For, I don't even know how many months and she's resurfaced and um, has she has like this gray scaly skin and waters uh seeping out of her mouth and her ears and her eyes it seems like she's turning into some kind of mer person um it's so i don't know what's going to happen there but i'm definitely hooked a huge thanks to kayla for joining the day beautiful podcast to talk about her debut novel mother in the dark you can find her on the web at her website kaylamayori.com which is also her twitter handle Her Instagram is a little different. It is Kayla Josephine. Uh, I'll link all those in the show notes. As always, you can find Day Beautiful at daybeautiful.net and on all social media at Day Beautiful. I'm Adam. This is Day Beautiful. And you're all beautiful. Beautiful.